When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. All right, it is Wednesday night, June 22nd, 2022. This is the Mindless Wrestling Podcast. As always, I'm your host, DJ. This is the post-Father's Day episode of the Mindless Wrestling Podcast. I'm uh, going to go around the room. we got a whole group of uh, two of us are human fathers, and one of us is a, 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 a canine father. And in my universe, that still counts as being a dad. Um, Bucky's tag team partner, Jason. How you doing, buddy? Yeah, I, I've softened on the dog dad thing. Uh, I used to think it was so corny and stupid. It's like, you're not, you're not your kid and whatnot. But I maybe jokingly once in a while, but I'll never refer to him as my son. But I'm definitely dad. And, and Emily is definitely mom at this point. So yeah. I, after having a dog, you're like, yeah, I get it. Yeah, you get it. You, find, you understand what it means to be a pet parent. Yep. You know, it's, we've got four cats here on top of, you know, the three real kids that we have, you know, they come through the house. So yeah, and they're as much our kids as the kids are kids. And then from the Rob, the genius podcast, Rob, how you doing tonight, buddy? Good, good, good. Good to be back. Yeah. Good. So Rob, how was your father's day? I wasn't too bad. I was, uh, I was here most of the day and then the kids came by in the afternoon, hung out with me for a little while. And, um, what, what did I do exactly? I forget. I, you know, I think I just, yeah, I, I was here. I played some PS4 and watched a couple. Oh, you know, I, I watched um, Slammiversary. Oh, that's Sunday right. Night. Yeah, we yeah. were going to talk about that a little bit later on. Yeah, that, that was Sunday night. But yes, yeah, so that's, but yeah, so I, that was the highlight of Father's Day, watching Slammiversary. <laughs> and, which, it, it was good. No, it was a good show. So that's not like, I'm not, that's not like a, I'm not saying that like it was a bad thing or something. Yeah, no. It's a, you had you had told us that in the chat that it was actually a really good show, and you know we we're going to take a little bit of time tonight to talk about some of the highlights of that show and what you thought, what you liked about it. Wait, didn't you just say the kids came by and then Slammiversary was the best part of Father's Day? Well, they came by in the afternoon, and I, look, okay, I'm trying to remember this stuff because see, when you're 48 years old, you don't remember, <laughs> you don't remember everything immediately. Jason, let me let me let me tell you that is that is absolutely the perfect description of parenthood once they okay. reach a certain age, sir. Wow. And, and look, and no, we okay, they came over here, we hung out for a little bit. I mean, because look, they're twelve and oh wait, how because damn. All right, they're twelve. Oh, twelve they're twelve and seventeen. So you know, they're they're not at those ages where you're like doing 
you know, wonderful heartwarming yeah. stuff. Yeah, if they, you're not going right? to the park. You're not, you know, you're not making construction paper projects. You're not. Right, and you're not. Right, you know. Yeah, that's that's the reality of being a parent sometimes, especially in this day and age with kids. I have two 17-year-olds, so it's easy not. To, it's easy to remember how old they are because they're both the same age. Um, but that after a certain age, they start to check out on you. There's well, like a there's yeah. like a window, like about six years, where they don't want nothing to do with dad. They don't want nothing to do with mom. They're either stuck on their tablets, their phones, their laptops, their PS4s, whatever. So they kind of check out on you for a little while. So yeah. so it's funny because as they get older, it'll actually loop back on itself because my father uh, decided one day uh, the one day last week. Where we had we had Father's Day plans all set. Like, Dad, we're going over to Sean's house. We're all going to barbecue. We're all going to barbecue. We're all, you know we're going to do this. It's going to be great. Had it set all week. Comes to that weekend. I think it was Saturday. I finally texted somebody and they're and they're like, Oh, Dad picked up a shift. We're not doing that. It was like what? <laughs> but that's just who my dad is because it wasn't just like, Oh, I need the extra cash. It was this guy's out sick. This guy's wife is in the hospital. This guy, this we really do. We just need people and for. You know, not of our own incompetence. It's just, and he was like, "Yeah, okay, I'll go go in and help you out." So, yeah, my dad does uh, similar stuff. Uh, they live in Pensacola now, which is about a seven-hour drive away for us. But up until about five years ago, my dad lived 15, 20 minutes down the road, and there'd be plenty of times where, like, "Hey, dad, we're gonna come over on Sunday. I'm gonna bring the kids." And blah blah blah. He's like, "Oh yeah, come over." And now, my dad, funny funny thing with him, my dad was the guy who was up at 4 a.m. to go to work. Like, my dad would get up at 4 a.m. He'd be out the door by 4.30 on the weekends. And right hand to God, as soon as I was able to push a mower, my dad had me up at 6 o'clock in the morning on the weekends mowing lawns. I mowed uh, about a dozen lawns in my neighborhood. Two of them I didn't get paid for because they were hours and my grandparents who live right next door. So, but as my dad got older, they'd sleep till 9, 10 o'clock. <laughs> I'd text him. He ain't up. I'd call him. I'd hear, oh, were you sleeping? He's like, yeah, I was sleeping. I'm sorry. I'm like, who are you? You're the guy who wouldn't let me sleep past six o'clock during the summer. Like my summer sucked after a certain age, man. My dad wouldn't let me sleep in. But, you know, here he is. He's sleeping until nine. He's sleeping until 10. But I'd make plans with him to to make long story short. He's like, yeah, come on over. Come on over. About 11 o'clock, right? Yeah. All right. So I'd text him or call him about 1045. Hey, dad, we're on our way. Oh, we're not here. We're grocery shopping. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, your grocery shopping. I told you we were coming over on Sunday. I was going to be there at 11. He's like, oh, we'll be home soon. All right, well, what's soon? He's like, we'll be home soon. We're almost done. 11.30, 12 o'clock. I'm starting to get hungry. It's oh lunchtime. God. I text him. He's like, I'm like, where are you at? He's like, oh, we stopped for lunch. I'm like, wow. <laughs> <laughs> Once the kids got out of the house, man, my dad, like, I could go on for, like, ever with, like, dad's stories about life and jelly. This is the guy that wouldn't let me grow my hair long or get to – you didn't joke about growing your hair long, getting piercings, getting tattoos, none of that stuff. Uh, I was 17 when I moved out. My dad moved out on my mom about a year later. He started you know, dating my stepmom. They moved in together. Within, like, a year, my dad's got, like, three or four tattoos. He grows his hair long. He pierces his ear. <laughs> I go over to the house one day. <clears throat> this is great. I go over to the house one day. This is again, this is a guy who would never let me grow my hair. You didn't get tattooed. You didn't joke about getting an earring. I go over there and he's, he's, he's in the garage because he's always in the garage and he's sitting there without a shirt on. And my dad was always, you're pretty fit. So he, he didn't have a shirt on. As I get closer, I realize he's got both nipples pierced. Nice. He's got his nose pierced. 
He's got his eyebrow pierced. I'm like, what the F is this? So he, he's like, oh, yeah, we went up to Daytona. And as my stepmom's coming out, she's like, yeah, did your father tell you what he did? I'm like, no, I see what he did. Now, if he's pierced yeah. any lower than what I can see, I don't want to know. And she's like, yeah, we went to Daytona for bike week. And we were sitting at a bar. And I went up to get a beer. And I turned around, and your dad's gone. He's across the street at the tattoo bar getting everything that he can see pierced. I'm like, who are you? Like, who <laughs> is this person? <laughs> so, Rob, that's your progression. You know, right now you're at, well, I saw the kids, but the best part of my day was Slammiversary. And then when you get to, you know, when your kids get to our age, you'll just straight up ghost them. Oh, yeah. Where's so. dad? He, he went to WrestleMania. He's going to be gone for the weekend. <laughs> yeah, literally, I'll be at Slammiversary. <laughs> <laughs> wait, a, wait a second. I have plans with dad this weekend. No, he went to WrestleMania with Rob and DJ, with DJ and Jason again. <laughs> Uh, Jason, how was your weekend? Did you do anything with your dad? Uh, we didn't because he picked up a shift. Uh, oh, shit, that's no, right. But, you, uh, you, uh, again, 48, almost 49 years old. I forget shit in the moment. No, but he did come over the next day. Actually, we were doing just gardening and, you know, I was mowing the lawn and stuff like that. So he came over for a little bit and we threw some dogs on the grill and, you know, he sat and visited with us while we did our stuff. So that was really, really nice. He got to see yeah. the house, you know. See it really after an, a year of upkeep and see if this. I mean, I don't know if Emily posted the, the before and after photos. I was getting ready to say you guys have done a nice job with that yard. Yeah, that yard was just barren when we bought it. And, yeah. Um, you know, she has that beautiful garden. I've got actual somewhat real grass and a lot of a lot of clovers. But, you know, we'll take it as Celtics fans in this house. So yep. uh, that, typ- that typical scattering of New England grass is not the... Uh, the fair, the fairway view that you're, you might be used to for some of these uh, Stepford, Stepford Wives neighborhoods. Yeah. Uh, dandelions and grass and clovers and weeds and all sorts of good stuff. So. Eh, that's not so bad sometimes. Uh, my Father's Day was uh, kind of low-key. I got a phone call from my daughter. My son was with me this weekend. And, again, he's so checked out. I, I, don't, I think somebody had to text him to remind him. <laughs> that it was Father's Day because he didn't say shit all morning. Like I got up and I cooked everybody breakfast. It's Father's Day, and so what do you do? You cook your own breakfast if you want to eat because nobody's going to cook it for you. Uh, made my own coffee. Think I made my own lunch. Um, pretty sure I may have cooked dinner. I don't remember. It's been three whole days ago, and I'm old. But it was so about right after lunch, he and I were running out to get fireworks because he's going to be with me for the Fourth of July, and that's our thing. It's you know we'll go out every Fourth of July and we'll get fireworks. So we're riding along, and he's ticking around on his phone. All of a sudden, he stops. And he goes, oh, yeah, by the way, happy Father's Day. I'm like, thanks, kid. <laughs> so, <laughs> so yeah, my Father's Day was pretty low-key. I was I had all these, you know, fantasies and plans and desires to sit down and play PlayStation all day, and my son sat on the PlayStation most of the day. I think I sat on the back porch for a little while and dicked around the house. I didn't get to do quite as much lazy stuff as I wanted to, and then he – he lives primarily with his mom, so he went back there. I had to drop him off with her around 5 o'clock. So I just came home, and I remember what? I think I watched Con Air. I think that's what I did for <laughs> – we were just talking about Con Air before we went live. I think I watched Con Air is what I did for uh, for Father's Day. So based on what you're saying there, you totally understand when Rob says the best part of his Father's Day was Slammiversary by himself. Oh, 100%. 100%. It's, I love every part about being a dad. Let me let me be perfectly clear about that. But to my friends who either can't have kids, don't have kids, or have chosen not to have kids, I applaud you. 
Because <laughs> those little a holes sometimes. <laughs> they're, they're, it's a wonderful. It's a wonderful burden being a parent. Um, I, I can look at the um, the blessings in my life and the things that have gone really good and the good memories and say, you know what, that's been awesome. I can also directly point to some disasters in my life, and I can say, "Yep, if I wasn't a parent, that wouldn't have happened." Mm. Yep. Yeah, and, and it just you know, it is what it is, and you hope that you know that you know your situation with your kids ends up being you know overall good because you know I mean you know um, it can be difficult sometimes, mm-hmm. uh, but you know. It's just you know it it but you know it's good most of the time, and yeah, I wouldn't trade it for anything, and um, but you know I would say it's something something you should not do if if you're the least bit uncertain about wanting to do it, then I would say don't. Um, and I would also say that it you're you're never ready. To be a parent, it's just, you know, you just aren't. Um, if you want to be one and you're willing to assume the responsibility, then, then you know, don't wait till you're ready because you won't ever be ready. Just go. I mean, <laughs> either, either it's one of those things you either do it or don't. Um, you know, like, 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 you know, like Yoda says, <laughs> either do or do not. There is no try. That's an absolute fact. So, being that this is a wrestling podcast, um, I know Rob and I personally are, like, my viewing of pro wrestling is directly linked to my dad. Like, if my dad hadn't watched, I never would have gotten dragged into this this incredibly crazy world that is sports entertainment slash professional wrestling. And I know at least of the three of us, Rob and I are that way. Jason, I know your, your, your situation was much different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I got into wrestling because of my brother, and my brother got into wrestling, I think, because of his buddies. And then, yeah, da- I, dad never really had a love for wrestling or any, even a like for it. Um, I think he, he, he poked fun at, at our love of it, but in a, in a loving way. Um, he pokes fun at my love of it. Um, but at the same time, I showed him the... I was showing my sister and him the uh, video of Cody taking off his coat. I was like, oh, yeah, this is what we wrestled. This is what this guy did the other day. And, you know, he made some you know, joke about, uh, like, oh, well, what an idiot. Why did he get in there? And then I did explain, like, what we've talked about here. Like, you know, you don't understand. This was his biggest, like, one of the biggest returns in wrestling. And we were, like, inches away from the finish line of this story. And once I explained the stakes and everything, he appreciates it as a performance. So, as fate cool. would ha- as fate would have it, that that finish line has now been extended, and I think I think all parties are going to be the better for it. I mean, you know, I hate that the guy got injured, um, and yeah. you know, I hope he hope he has a full recovery. But this may have been from a storytelling standpoint. I hate to say oh. the words blessing in disguise, but it's possible. Yeah, I mean, and Cody's going to come back to just oof, that that dude's going to blow the roof off the joint. Absolutely. So if you if if and literally you you can Seth and Seth and Cody are both so good they you can strike one match and they will have that heat that they just had a month ago they will have that fire going instantly and everybody will be like okay we're right back in let's go yep they'll rope you right back in so 
So, Rob, I know you're you've told this story before on this show, but for the newer listeners, tell us a little bit about your your introduction to pro wrestling and how that relates to your dad. Okay, so I had some friends who were wrestling fans, and they would talk about it some, but but you know I wasn't really interested until one day I saw the uh, poster for the first WrestleMania that had you know Hulk Hogan and Mr. T on it. So, and look, in 1985, like. You had to be there in 1985 to understand just how big a deal Mr. T was. And then, you know, there are a few people like from there are a few people from back then where you had to be there. Like, he's one of them. Eddie Murphy's one of them. Um, if you weren't there, you just you, you 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 won't get it. And so he was one. Mr. T was one of the biggest things going in 1985. Um, he was a couple of years off of Rocky three. I think they were doing the A team around then. Um so seeing him on a poster next to Hulk Hogan, understand like those of y'all who, you know, don't understand why they have celebrities do wrestling stuff. This is why because Mr. T standing next to Hulk Hogan sold that show more than anybody on the card. Okay, because there were kids like me. Again, we saw Rocky Three. We watched the Eighteen. Mr. T was like the greatest thing ever in 1985. If you were 11 years old. And so when you saw that he was going to be on this thing called WrestleMania, you wanted to see it. <laughs> All right. Um, and that's where it started. And then so that got me to watching it on television because, you know, I just wanted to see what this stuff was about. And then my father and all of his Frank glory, <laughs> who uh, never meant his words, was always right to the point. Saw me watching it, and the first thing was, yeah, it's fake. That's <laughs> still my favorite. As many times, uh, I've personally heard this story a few times. I pop for it every time. <laughs> I, I pop for it every single time. You know that's fake, don't you? And, um, <laughs> oh. you know, um, and how old were you, Rob? I was 11. Amazing. Amazing. So, <laughs> Imagine just watching up, walking up to an 11-year-old and just telling him Santa Claus isn't real. Yeah, and, that's uh, awesome. But, you know, I was not deterred. I kept watching it because I, th I found it interesting. And so, you know, he noticed that I kept watching it. And then one day he noticed that there was a man on commentary named Bruno San Martino. <laughs> <laughs> and that is when I found out that he at one time was a big wrestling fan. And, it, Bruno and how, San many years, how many years in your fandom was that? This was It was near the beginning. This was about... Okay. Maybe, maybe six months to a year into it, and um, and he saw that Bruno San Martino was on commentary, and he used to go see Bruno San Martino all the time, and so every now and then he would sit down and watch it with me. And he never he never told me like don't watch it that stuff stupid, but he just you know, but he you know but he just he just he felt the need to let me know from the beginning that you know it was work. Well, you, you you said he explained like yeah the guys in the back decide who's gonna win or something like that right? Oh well he yeah he said they know who's gonna win and like they're not yeah they're not really kicking each other in the face you know and and I'm like okay fine and like I said I wasn't deterred so yeah. he saw he saw Bruno doing commentary sometimes he would sit down and watch with me sometimes and you know he got to talking here and there about how he used to go see it all the time and um 
So six months between that, between you know it's fake, and by the way, I used to watch this stuff all the time. And and <laughs> and by the way, he was a fan as an adult, right? Um, right. Because basically, you know, he was in the military. Um, you know, he was single at the time during the 1960s, and if you can't go out and get drunk with the with the boys, you know, every night. So. No. <laughs> there were some nights where that you know where you don't do that, and he you know he I guess he you know he took an interest in it the same way I you know and um so that's where it began, and then in 1986 he uh, he took me to my first house show. Hulk Hogan and Terry Funk were in the main event, and uh, well, it was uh, Macho Man, uh, the junk it was against Junkyard Dog and the Heart Foundation against the Killer Bees. And I'm going to be honest here with you for a minute. Totally jealous that you saw Terry Funk and Hulk Hogan live. Uh, like they, being, being a long-term mark for Terry Funk, not going to lie to you. Jealous about that. <laughs> and the, the the best part, of there was a martial arts match between Ricky Steamboat and the magnificent Don Morocco. And I've told this story before. It was basically the same match that they always had, except they were wearing karate geese. Hmm. And yeah. there was nothing else different about it. That's like, awesome. They weren't using weapons or anything. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> they, had a, they had a karate match in there. They had a wrestling match in their geese. That's great. Did, yeah. they, did they bow at the beginning? Well, no, cause, yeah, no, because I mean, it was a, it was a blood feud. So you know, there you go. <laughs> no, there was no. They didn't was, do that. No, there's nothing. They just. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. But yeah, it was. I mean, and and from there, you know, the rest is history. You know, we would go to house shows when they were in town. Uh, you know, he would watch it with me sometimes on TV and that's, you know, and that's where it began. That's where, you know, that's where it all went to. Yeah. With me, it started again, my dad, my dad, and my dad watched like wrestling was very, very active in my house. That's one of the first things I remember watching with my dad and my grandmother would live with us. My grandmother, my dad's from Kentucky. My grandmother's from Kentucky. And once in a while, she would come and live with us, and my granny, my granny was really into wrestling. I just always, what time are the fights on? Are the fights <laughs> on tonight? And and back in the day, see, I started with uh, NWA well before WWE, so it, it, the fight started at six oh five on Saturday night um, <laughs> on TBS. And so that's what. DJ, yes, just just like Rob's, you know, dad's, you know, it's fake, don't you? Pops me every time. Yeah. You're, Grandma's, what time are the fights on? Pops me every single time. <laughs> and that's what it was. And the best part, my granny, you know, I know it's Father's Day here we're talking about, but my granny was sometimes the best part of this because you've got this little old Southern woman who has never left Kentucky, and she's the quietest thing on the way. I didn't think the woman spoke for, like, the first seven years of my life. I'm like, did she talk at all? Does she ever say anything? <laughs> and, you know, so, but did the fights come on? Oh, God damn, I hate that son of a bitch. I hope he kicks his ass. <laughs> I'm like, what are you talking about? And Wahoo McDaniels, the woman was in love with Wahoo McDaniels. Like, Get him, Wahoo! Get him! And she would just see me over on the couch and just going into a full-blown rager, man, over <laughs> Wahoo McDaniel. Get him, Wildfire! Get him! Remember Tommy Wildfire Rich when he went oh, to the feud with Ric Flair? Yes, yes. We were watching during that time, and she was all about some Wildfire Tommy Rich, man. And then, you know, from there, my dad, he, he watched it. My dad was always more a fan of the brawlers. 
Like my dad liked the guys who looked and wrestled like genuine tough guys. He liked the Bugsy McGraws, the Mad Dog, Mad Dog Buzz, Buzz Sawyers. Dusty Rhodes was our first babyface in the house. And so, you know, we we lived and breathed Dusty Rhodes up until a point. And, you know, it was, it was fun being in Florida because you had that that whole part of the NWA circuit there. You have Florida and Georgia Championship Wrestling. We got the AWA at times. So we watched a lot of that stuff. And we didn't really get introduced again to WWF at the time like Rob did. Again, as he said a few minutes ago, Mr. T was the thing, you know, back in 1985. And that's what roped a lot of us into WWF. You know, I knew I didn't even know what it was before that like we always watched nwa so we get roped into wwf i want to of course i want to see mr t and and who is this this freaking you know monster that's standing next to to mr t i gotta know what this is so you know we ended up watching that i don't remember what the tv show was it may have been superstars or primetime wrestling or whatever it was and dad kind of checked out on wwe because it was very obvious even back then you're watching a much different program and Rob can attest to this. NWA, w, early WCW, was the quote-unquote real wrestling. Yeah. Um, that was the real wrestling, and that's what Dad wanted to see. Dad wanted to see two dudes out there beating the holy hell out of each other, and WWE was much more of a show. So he would watch it with us, and there were certain things he got into. Like, he got, much like Rob's dad, and Rob can tell this story in a minute, shoot hot over the uh, Jake the Snake, Rick Rude, Oh, story yeah. with, oh, with yeah. Jake's wife. Now, Rob, Rob's story is much better than mine, but, but yeah. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger. For the ones who get it done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. It's... It's it just that was my experience with that. We didn't go to a lot of house shows. Um, I think I went to two house shows when I was a kid. Uh, the main event on one of them was, if I'm not mistaken, it was Ravishing Rick Rude and the Ultimate Warrior. Oh, and okay. that was pretty cool because we were right next to the barricade where they run down to the ring. So, mm -hmm. I mean, I was literally from me to my computer screen to the Ultimate Warrior and Rick Rude for their entrances, which to a uh, 13, 14 year old kid at the time was freaking awesome. And again, being a huge Ultimate Warrior mark. 
the other house show that I remember, um, Tito Santana and Rick Martel were feuding, mm-hmm. and they had an they had an awesome work rate match. And then there was the main event was Hulk Hogan and Bad News Brown, and this was in that transition where they were building towards the feud with Hulk and Macho, but kind of uh, Bad News Brown was feuding with Hulk and Macho at the time, so it was like this weird hate triangle going on. So the match was as follows, and this was absolutely the whole match. They get in the ring, and I can't remember whether the bell rang or not, but the match started, and Bad News Brown hit Hulk. Hogan was, you know, doing the pound and the whole thing, and Bad News Brown came over and bum-rushed him and hit the ghetto blaster, and Hogan took the face bump, and he was flat, like out. Like, he was, like, out cold, lights out. Bad News Brown takes the belt, the WWF championship belt at the time, holds it high overhead, and leaves the ring. Now, he never pins him. He doesn't do anything. He just takes the belt out, and he walks out of the ring. And this goes on for two or three minutes. The ref's you know, getting it back in the ring, getting it back in the ring. And he went all the way to the back, all the way through the curtain. Ref starts counting him out. Bad News Brown comes out. They go back. This is going on for, at the time, it seemed like probably 10 minutes. I remember in my little 13, 14-year-old head going, this seems excessively long. Like, <laughs> like, like Hogan's been laid out flat on his face now for a full 10 minutes, and he hasn't moved. <laughs> So finally, um, I think they they made the announcement that if Bad News Brown doesn't get back into the ring by the 10 count, he's going to be suspended and fined and this other stuff. So he makes it back in the ring by the 9 count, proceeds to beat on Hogan. Hogan does the slow Hulk up and, you know, one, two, three, we do the boot, we do the leg, and we go home. Uh, just absolutely ridiculous house show main event that you could get away with back in like 1986, 87. That's awesome. Yeah. Good times, though. Really good times oh, with my absolutely. dad watching wrestling. Oh, yeah. Same here. Um, and then we, we, you know, we, we did eventually get into the NWA stuff. And, um, and I just remember one, one, because at one point he, he, like, the only time he saw Ric Flair was like on TV doing like dirty tricks and stuff. And so he, for a while, he didn't think Rick was that good of a wrestler until he, like Steamboat came back and they had those matches against each other. Mm hmm. And then after that, he was like, well, damn, uh, you know, you know, that Ric Flair is really good. Yeah. My my dad was the same way. He hated Ric Flair for all the reasons you were supposed to. And he thought he said, he can't wrestle. He can't wrestle. I'm like, (laughs) yeah. 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 But I was sitting there thinking about that whole era. And during that time, like my dad, like, but dad doesn't watch now. Like once it, once WCW folded, once Stone Cold retired and once it became much more of a show and WWE was the only option, he kind of he kind of slipped out. Although there's some guys nowadays that I think my dad really would like. Like, I think my dad would dig Sheamus because Sheamus has got that that good old school slobber knocker, um, just smash mouth style that was very very much the type of stuff my dad would get into. And I was sitting there thinking about Seamus on the way home while I was thinking about what I wanted to talk about tonight. How awesome would Seamus have fit into like 1980 to 1985 NWA? Oh, yeah. When you think about the guy, like just picture these matches, Seamus versus Barry Windham, Seamus versus Nikita Koloff, Seamus versus Lex Luger, Oh, yeah, um, yeah. I just I sit here and think about all these matches. Sheamus would have been a mega star in just about any era. Because man, I was thinking the other day about like Bobby Lashley and Lex Luger. That would have been awesome. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Now that's a pose off. 
Oh yeah, they they would they would definitely have to pose pose down or or like a weightlifting contest or something. Um, and which reminds me, like the Road Warriors had that with like the because the powers of pain. It was like a, it was a weightlifting thing, right? They were doing bench press and all this stuff. Yeah. And then of course at one point, um, you know, Ivan Koloff was the powers of pain manager, and he th- he throws like the was like the chalk or whatever you put on your hands. Yeah. He chucks it yeah. in one, you know, the Road Warriors' faces, and then you know they commence to uh, you know beating them down, and they slam animals' head into the weights, and then the and then the whole the whole like bar w- with all the weights of it like from the impact the impact supposedly made the whole thing fall off of the rack yeah <laughs> of course was an animal walking around with a face mask on for like months afterwards like they they completely demolished his face was the story they were going with or something yeah that's awesome yeah that's such good stuff oh, you you slam a guy's head so hard into like 500 pounds of weights that they fall off of the rack and and the guy is not dead. <laughs> <laughs> like that would legit crush your face. So kudos to the creative at the time. But yeah, you're you're likely not going to come back from that one. <laughs> yeah, probably not. All right, so we had a little bit of fun sharing some uh, some memories about our dad and you know some recent stuff on Father's Day. So let's take a little, real quick commercial break here. We're going to take a quick break and uh, come back, and we'll let Rob get into his uh, his slam anniversary. All right, so Rob, how about uh, you watch Slam anniversary this weekend, huh? Yes. And, all right, uh, get into it, man. Tell us about it. What happened? All right. So uh, this is the twentieth anniversary of TNA slash Impact Wrestling. And what got me interested to check it out was uh, they were doing a Queen of the Mountain match. So now the Queen of the, now they've had this thing called King of the Mountain forever, and I and you know, so I just started watching Impact Wrestling like a year or two ago, so I'm I'm not that familiar with it. But this has like the most convoluted kind of rules, and. <clears throat> So this was one match on the card. That's what got me interested because um, Mia Yim was in, and you know, she just went over there from you know after she got released. And so again, if you really, you know, like these people as much as you say you do, you should watch them wherever they go when they get released. Okay, <laughs> okay, just a little <laughs> reminder there. So that was the main thing. I want you know, I, you know, I wanted to see her you know do this in this match because. She's really good in matches that involve a ladder. Um, that one she had in NXT was incredible. Yeah, and if you know if they hadn't have been stupid and released her, she could be in the Money in the Bank match and do a lot of really good stuff. You know. Yeah, anyway, I, I, I'm uh, still in my feelings yeah. over them releasing me again. Uh, uh, yeah, but anyway, all right. So that was the that, that was the main thing that hooked me for this one, and so it was a really good show. They started off. Uh, they had this thing called the Ultimate X match where. And it was for the X Division title. And basically, the X Division is like basically just people do a bunch of high spots and crazy stuff. And <clears throat> so this thing, you have to, they don't have a ladder. They have like these kind of scaffolding kind of things in each corner. And then they have these cables going across the ring, like, you know, in the shape of an X. And then in the middle of that, there's like, there's a, a literal X. So you have to climb up the scaffolding and then you have to like kind of monkey bar your way across the cable and then grab the thing. <laughs> and I mean, and um, 
And they had like four or five, they had about like five or six guys in that thing. And it, it was crazy. And the one good thing about it is that type of thing, like when you do in that match, you can do the crazy, ridiculous high spots. And since you're not pinning anybody, it doesn't look as ridiculous. You know, I mean, you just, they, you know, you do something crazy and then, you know, you lay there and sell it for a few minutes or whatever. And at one point they did my favorite, like, ridiculous wrestling spot. They did, like, a five-man Tower of Doom. Rob <laughs> pops for the Tower of Doom. <laughs> yes. Like, oh, everything <laughs> that could go on. Every time, every time I see a Power of Doom come, I'm like, hey, Rob, here's your spot. <laughs> I love the Tower of Doom. As, as dumb as it is, it is, it is a completely stupid thing. But <laughs> they did, like, a five-man Tower of Doom. And then, like, the one guy who wasn't in it, he came off the top rope off and did, like, a Canadian Destroyer right afterwards. <laughs> and, <laughs> but he went all he didn't do the stupid thing that Adam Cole does. He didn't stop and then do it after he landed. Like he jumped and went all the way through. All right. Which is if if you're gonna do that, that's what you should do. All right. And so that match was just ridiculous. And it but it was really fun to watch. And see, after that they had uh they had the women's tag team thing, and then Taya Valkyrie, who was also released from the WWE, <laughs> was in in that match. And her and uh, Rosemary won the women's tag team titles, and that was pretty. That was fine. It was a kind of short match, but it was cool. And then, uh, okay, to my surprise, because when I first because uh, well, first they had this monstrous ball match between Sammy Callahan and Moose, and that was that was the one match on the show that I just was not here for because. That was basically the worst of like late 1990s ECW. That's what they were doing. And just thumbtacks for no damn reason and all types of just ridiculous, you know, garbage weapon spots and people kicking out of everything. And, it, you know, and that, you know, that's not, that's just not my deal in 2022. But, you know, it, you know, and it, it came and went, you know, and then next up, um, they had oh the the tag team title match. The Briscoes were the tag team champions going in, and they were defending against the Good Brothers. And you know we've we've been a lot of us have been dogging the Good Brothers for several years now because they they have been like mailing it in for the last two or three years. They are collecting a check, my friend. <laughs> but you know what? They came out this Sunday and they worked. They had their work. They actually they had their working boots on Sunday. Well, that's think, good because when they put them on, the yeah. Good Brothers can go. Yeah, and, I was gonna say actually, well, and, literally wearing, yeah, wearing, you're wearing a Good Brothers shirt. Well, that's yeah. the thing. You're in there against the Briscoes. You better bring the work boots, or you're gonna get uh, your asses whipped. Yeah, and that's right. Thing. You can't go in. You can't mail it in against the Briscoes. Oh uh, hell no! <laughs> yeah, and that was a really good match. And then, and uh, but actually, they ended up winning the tag team titles, and then. And after it was over, like this team was America's Most Wanted. One of the old TNA tag teams came out there with them, and they just, you know, they pulled out some beers and toasted and all of that. And and actually, during the whole show, there were a couple of tributes from people. Like um, Kurt Angle did like a video tribute, and then just so he did one. And didn't Rollins did one or no? Uh, no, it was AJ AJ Styles. AJ. Yeah, it was a, Rollins. I don't think was ever in Impact or TNA. Yeah, no, I, he was Ring of Honor. Yeah, I think. Yeah, but yeah, but AJ Styles did one. Oh, and Sting did one also. Yeah, but you know yeah. AJ Styles did one, and you know just for all of you people who remember that 
oh, well, you know, WWE wouldn't let people do any tributes to Ring of Honor. And then it turns out Ring of Honor didn't ask anybody. You know, the funny thing is they were saying the same thing about Samoa Joe and why oh, yeah. he didn't say anything. And Joe's like, one, they didn't ask. And what well, if I remember correctly, he's like, they didn't ask. And I was busy anyway. Yeah, I think was was yeah. what his response was. Right. And then so, I mean, AJ gave a really nice tribute and. I mean, it was good, and he and, and he even said, you know, thank WWE for letting me do this because uh, this is really important to me, you know, and all of that. But I mean, all you gotta do is ask people. I mean, you know, yeah. And um, so then, okay, then the 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 Queen of the Mountain thing, <clears throat> it was time for that, and that was all right. So this is this is gotta really pay attention here to the rules here, <laughs> okay. <laughs> It is ridiculous. I've watched a king a king of the mountain match. And yeah, it's so dumb. Right. So, okay. Now you don't you don't climb the ladder and grab the belt. You have to get the belt and climb up the ladder and hang it to win. Okay. Right. Now, but in order to be able to grab the belt, you have to pin somebody to become eligible. Okay. And then. If you pin somebody, the person you pin has to go into the penalty box for two minutes. And the penalty box is like a shark cage at ringside. Okay, so now that we got got all that out of the way. <laughs> and <laughs> and this one, uh, Mickey James was the special enforcer, and which was funny because she actually had beef with a couple people in the match. So she was like egregiously getting involved. Because in <laughs> um, like at one point, Chelsea Green was. Um, Chelsea Green was going up the ladder, and she just like pulled her off the damn ladder. It was like, no. Okay. <laughs> smart, smart ass moment. Did yeah. Chelsea Green escape this without injury? Yes, she did. Okay, okay. Ooh, come on. Uh, what, yeah. too, too soon? <laughs> come on. All Ooh. right, that was a dick move. I'm sorry. Yeah, but, um, <laughs> and I mean, that was a really good match. Except Mia Yim was in there. They did a lot of crazy ladder stuff. And uh, Mia, at one point, she did one spot she did was kind of a, you know, well, it was a tribute to Shelton Benjamin, you know, because they're best buddies and, you know, they always ribbing each other on Twitter and everything. And of course, he, of course, he ribbed her about that. He did. That was right. I love their freaking relationship, man. Yeah. Like they, they are friends goals. And if I did nothing else on Twitter, if all I did was watch those two bust each other's balls, yeah. that would be worth it just to log on to the app. Yeah. And so that was really good. And then uh, they had this, uh, 10 man tag team match. It was basically there's this group called Honor No More, and they're like some folks from Ring of Honor who are basically doing like an invasion kind of gimmick. And so they were going against like a team from Impact, and it was a 10 man tag team match. And usually those matches are just can be just kind of a cluster, but this was actually really good. I mean, you know, like, so I mean, everybody got all their stuff in, of course, but they did it in a really good way, and this was a really good. Like this was probably one of the best ten man tag team matches I've ever seen, and it was it was excellent. And now, <clears throat> the fun, really fun part though came like in the last minute, uh, because like the Honor No More guys they had beat up a few people, you know, all over the past couple of months and like put them out of action. So one of them came back. I'll get to that in a few seconds. But first, like the referee for this was Brian Hebner, and they mentioned you know that um. Dave Hebner, you know, passed you know, a few days ago. So he was the referee. And at one point, all right, there's a ref bump. 
And so he's down on the floor. And then Earl Hebner comes out of the crowd to check on him. Right. And, nice. while this, and so there's a bunch of just, you know, crazy stuff going on in the ring while all that's going on. And then so then was it uh, somebody came in to help the honor no more guys cheat. And then so out of the crowd comes D'Lo Brown because the they had <laughs> they you know, they had beaten up D'Lo Brown and put him out of action because he used to be on commentary. So he comes in the ring and he hits the like the what I think called the little face buster thing he used to do. He hits that and then he goes up the top rope and hits the frog splash. <laughs> and you know so everybody popped for that and that was great. And then, so then Earl down at ringside, like Brian isn't getting up, so Earl just takes his shirt off and he has a referee shirt on underneath. Nice. And, and he goes in and counts to three. And then, so the, the you know the Impact guys won. And it turns out the Impact president deputized the Earl for the weekend. <laughs> so, <laughs> He's an official official now. <laughs> for the weekend. Scott, that Scott. sneaky sneaky Scott. Uh, yeah. Scott Diamore. Scott yeah. Diamore. Yeah. 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 That's <laughs> awesome. Yeah. And so that, that was great. And then, you know, of course they did that as a tribute for, you know, Dave Hebner, which, and that was, that was perfect. That was just absolutely perfect way to do that. And then, so then came the main event and it was for the impact world title. It was uh, Josh Alexander was defending against Eric Young. And so it was going along fine. It was, it was, a perfect, it was a good match. And then, you know, last couple minutes they really started to turn it up and they started doing all these they started busting out all these tributes from like impact legends so at one point um i think josh did like the kind of moonsault that christopher daniels used to do and then he bust out he pulled out a styles clash and then um eric young has a couple of you know goons that come down to the ring with him and so at one point you know they got in the ring because the ref was rep bump of course and josh got one of them and did an angle slam through a table Nice. And then, um, and then now the referee was still down. So this was the best part. Out of nowhere, Eric Young pulls out the Jeff Jarrett guitar and blasts um, Josh Alexander across the head. That's you know, awesome. Jeff, Jeff Jarrett is Mr. TNA. So he pulled <laughs> out he pulled out a Jeff Jarrett guitar and blasts him across the head. But I mean that, and you know that wasn't enough to you know end the match though. So then. At the end, he's he's charging at Josh in, in the corner, and Josh catches him and does the Samoa Joe Uranagi out of the corner. Nice. And then he does his finisher, and then he wins the match. So that was just, I mean, it was awesome to see them pull out all that stuff in the last couple of minutes. That's very cool. And somebody, AEW needs to take some lessons from that. That is how you do callbacks and remind people where they used to be without trying to exist in someone else's universe, if that makes sense. Yeah. Because I think that's one of the biggest criticisms with AEW is that they really have not created their own identity. They're still living off of, you know, we're trying to pretend like we're part of the um, WWE universe, but we're really not the WWE, and it's just this, this awkward thing that they do. Impact has really created its own universe that acknowledges the rest of the wrestling world in its own way without being, now there was a period of time when they went through the, you know, the, the AEW phase where, you know, especially when the new age outlaws were there and they were pretty much, it was all the FU Vince guys, uh, you know, Kurt Angle was pissed at them and, you know, the new age outlaws were pissed at them. And, you know, it, it was this whole thing. They definitely went through that period, 
But now it seems like impact has established itself as its own thing. And and that's pretty cool. I, I wish, you know, more people would watch it because it's it just seems like what they're doing there is in its own way better than what AEW's doing. Maybe not from an overall work rate standpoint. Obviously AEW's got bigger name stars because they've got, you know, half their rosters recent former WWE releases. But, you know, it just seems like overall what they're doing is 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 actually what AEW is pretending <clears throat> it is. It's fresh, it's trying to be original, and it's trying to um, think outside the box a little bit. And they seem to, Impact seems to have gotten to a place where they're kind of, they, they're, you're, I'm trying to think of the right word. They, they feel good in their own skin, right? They, you know, the, it seems like they're at a place now where they're like, you know what, this is who we are. And we have, you know, we have our history and we're, you know, we're proud of our history, the good, the bad, and the ugly, because like Dixie Carter was even there. She was there. And so they, you know, they acknowledge all their history, the good, the bad, and the ugly. And <clears throat> I think they're, you know, they, they're a lot more comfortable in their own skin today than they were at any other time before. And you can, you can see that when they do shows like this. Yeah, I, I don't watch them with any regularity, but there were, there was a point during the pandemic where I was watching them weekly, um, and there and then, uh, now even now I'll fall into it, um, you know, on Thursday night. Yeah, Thursday night. Um, yeah. But and Rob, I think you put it perfectly. They're very comfortable in their own skin. They they just are. They'll do hokey, goofy, whatever. They'll poke fun at their own like. The WWE and but it's almost as if they're just poking fun at the larger, the larger corporation in the shared universe. Yeah, it's you know? not a it's not a you know Vince didn't love us enough type of way. It's a right. hey you know that kind of thing. The same way I make fun of my corporate overlords. You know, it's just like you know exactly I don't actually mean these people are bad people or anything like that. Just it is what it is, and that's yeah. kind of where they're at with themselves. They're like, Hey, it is what it is. We're doing our thing and that's it. But it is a good show. So. Yeah. So all in all, Rob, yeah. solid pay-per-view. Absolutely, man. It was, and it was, it was a lot of fun. It was one. I mean, to me, this one was, I mean, I put it up there and just in terms of pure being able to enjoy it, I put it up there with any of the WWE stuff I've watched this year. It was, it was that much fun. Really? really good yeah good i mean it, it really was and like i said you know and some of the matches that you thought were going to be kind of not so good ended up being very good like you know and so yeah i mean it was an excellent show and and i got it on fight tv so you know if if you have you know if you know um if you can get fight tv because i started using fight tv when i upgraded one of my tvs and got a smart tv so um it was 40 bucks but ordering it on fight tv you like you get unlimited replays so uh, so it's worth it because you know it's not the thing where you order it on pay-per-view for 40 bucks or 50 bucks and if it sucks you know you're screwed because you only get to watch it once right yeah or if it's good you're still screwed because you only get to watch it once you get the yeah, you know, this was forty bucks, and you get unlimited replays, so you can go back and watch as many times as you want. And that's a really good deal. And so, I recommend Fight TV to anybody who can get it. 
There you go. All right. <clears throat> All right. Well, let's move on a little bit here and let's get into the summer because we've got, um, what do we got? Uh, Money in the Bank's coming up. And then after that, I believe is SummerSlam, right? Yes. Yep. So let's talk a little bit about live shows because, you know, I, I, it has been forever since I think the last live wrestling show I went to was before the pandemic. It was a uh, Raw Loop house show in Orlando. And we, Jason and I, as it would be, we're going to have boots on the ground at back-to-back SmackDowns in July. I'm going yep. to the uh, the July 15th show in Orlando, which I'm looking forward to. And now I'm really excited because it's like in between Money in the Bank and right before SummerSlam. So I'm hoping my tribal chief will be there. Um, I'm hoping. You know, he's, he's taking a little bit of time off. He took a little vacation. I'm hoping he's back <laughs> off vacation at least for the next month or so. So... You know, I'm taking my daughter to see it. She has the last, she went to me, she went to the last uh, live show that I went to. Seriously looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to, uh, you know, going, it'll be, believe it or not, as long as I've been watching this shit, this is the first live WWE show I've ever been to. Wow. I've never been to a Raw. I've never (laughs) been to a pay-per-view. I've been to a Superstars taping and... For like a half a second, I'm actually on an episode of Superstars in the crowd because we got pretty close to ringside. We were like two rows back from ringside at this show. Um, so mm-hmm. technically, I'm on the network. If the show, if I could find the show, I'm on the network. I'd have to remember the date and everything. But yeah, I'm on the network <laughs> briefly. Nice. But um, yeah, I've never been to a live TV, a live televised uh, WWE, WWE event. And interestingly enough, as much as I was a WWE guy back in the day, I went to a live Nitro in Orlando. A bunch of guys talked me into going to that and dragged me to it. So I'm super looking forward to it. We're, I'm surprising my daughter. It's a late birthday gift. She has no idea. She knows I'm doing something. She just doesn't know what. There you go. That's awesome. So, and you're going on the 22nd, right, Jason? Yep, exactly. So we got the, the that's the go home show, right? Uh, uh, I be- believe so, yeah, because I think SummerSlam is, is the last weekend in July. Yes, the, okay. like the yeah, so, or something. Yeah, so you'll be at the go home so, show. That's fine. So yeah, well, yeah it, it's uh, yeah, good. Anxiety all over again. I fucking psyched. <laughs> I'm, I'm psyched. I'm psyched. So what's fun this. is while you're at the go home show for uh, for uh, SmackDown and, and for God SummerSlam, uh, I'm going to be at an NXT house show because they're finally getting back on the loop. And the fun part about that is we got we got ringside. I went ahead and splurged for ringside. Oh, nice. um, yeah, it's, I'm looking forward. To, we had fun the last two NXT shows. If you want to go see a really good, fun wrestling show that doesn't cost a lot of money and you're not so dialed into your local indie promotions, if you get the NXT loop in your area, I absolutely recommend it. It's two and a half hours of just fun. It's an intimate crowd. Where we go in Melbourne is they might squeeze – they might squeeze 300 people in there. Like, it, it feels like an indie show. It really does. Um, and some of the wrestlers come out, and they do little meet and greets, and they have a little merch table, and some people do pictures and things like that. But there's not – we only splurge for ringside just because I wanted to splurge. You could sit anywhere and not have a bad seat. It's just – it's a lot of fun, the NXT shows are. I'm looking forward to it. Tina had a good time at it the last two times we went, and she's not even a big wrestling fan. But she enjoyed the atmosphere. She liked watching the matches we saw. The first show we went to was when Keith Lee was North American champion. We saw him versus Kona Reeves in the main event. 
And then um, second time we went, Rhea Ripley was NXT Women's Champion, and she she wrestled Chelsea Green in the main event, which was a really nice. good match. Like I, I made I made a little joke about Chelsea Green, and at some point we need to accept that much like Kevin Nash, we're going to make the joke. Okay. Yep. Kevin Nash has got his quads. Chelsea Green has got whatever she's injured this month. Sorry, kids. That's just the joke. Um, but no, she had a hell of a match with Rhea Ripley. It was a lot of fun. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah went I went to an NXT house show years and years ago. Um, it was it similar, uh, very much bigger venue because it was one of the uh, the college stadiums near nearby, um, but one of the smaller colleges because I think it's maybe five thousand people. Mm-hmm. Anyway, again. Just a fun show where you could tell it was very, very early. I think Mojo was still in NXT. Um, you know, it was that crop. Um, and it was just a fun every, – every single performer there was there to have the best time of their lives, it seemed like. Uh, so, yeah, it was a lot of fun. Yeah. yeah I went to, I, to a couple of those. And the last one I went to was 2019. And they were actually shooting some stuff for TV. So – and uh, it was Io Shirai and Shayna Baszler were like fighting over near where I was sitting on the floor. <laughs> oh, that's cool. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, and of course, unfortunately, the low light of that show was that in the main event was one Patrick Clark. Ah, uh, and, 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 yeah. and because and because he's local, he got to address the crowd afterwards. And oh no, at the well at the time it was a really cool thing. Yeah. Oh no, but now I'm. In hindsight, we can make it is what it is, but let's be fair. In the moment, yeah, in it two, was probably friggin' awesome. In 2019, that was that was really good. That was a really cool thing that you know he got to address the crowd in the state where he started and where he came from and all of that. And it was really cool at the time. And then a year later, it was like, oh yeah, okay. Yeah. I'm not going to go down that rabbit hole, but man, no, no, what a, no, no. what a tragedy! I just yeah, I, I, didn't, yeah, I didn't mean to make I, no, no, no. It's okay. It's okay. I, I I will be honest and say that there is still a small part of me that wishes this were never a thing or a thing that eventually turns out to not really be a thing, and that maybe one day, one day we could revisit it. But it just seems like it's too deep in the woods on that. But like I said, I'm not going to go down that rabbit hole tonight. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, bro, though, I was cringing at it because I'm I'm thinking of how you must look at that now. But in again, in the moment, it must have been really, really freaking cool. Because I remember I was at, so kind of topically that I was on at a, the New Japan show they did here in Boston and Lowell. uh, They, uh, Tanahashi addressed the crowd after the big six man tag at the end. He got the pin, he won. Um, he, for some reason, he did his whole uh, guitar solo thing to his because th- he does his air guitar to his theme to his own theme song, uh, and then he did that and he adjusted the crowd and he was like, you know, you know, I'm I came here and I'm not champion. You know, when I next next time I come to Boston, I want to be champion. And then now I'm looking at you know him possible him wrestling for the the interim uh, AEW championship, and I'm like. Holy crap, if he's on some sort of loner, he actually might keep that promise. That'd so, be a cool little uh cool little thing for you to think about, Jay. Yeah, that would be that would be awesome. But. Yeah. So let's go around the room here. I want to shake things up a little bit and hit you guys with something, and you may have to think about it a little bit. 
Um, I'm assuming you guys are all caught up on all the WWE stuff for the week, for the last week or so. Yes. NXT, Raw. So I haven't seen NXT yet, but Raw and SmackDown. So let's do a Wrestler of the Week. Jason, who's your Wrestler of the Week this last week? Oh, Wrestler of the Week. Um, oh, gosh. You had to spring this on me. I did, yeah. yeah. And I'm, I'm surprised you. I want to catch you napping once in a while. Yeah. Um, Rob, if you can think of somebody, you feel free to go. I'm going to think for a second. Okay. Uh, well, well, okay. Well, I got two. I have a wrestler of the week and a, a sports entertainer of the week. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, my sports entertainer of the week is actually, you know, no, I see that. And here I am. It took me 30 seconds to start overthinking this. Oh, you did uh, it to yourself again. Yes. Yes. Because, <laughs> yes. all right. Because, they're, they're, well, I got a few people I want to highlight. Um, Bobby Lashley. Because uh, this thing with him and Theory has been really good, and he did a gauntlet match Monday, and he went through both Alpha and Academy, and then he pinned Theory in the third part of it to get a U.S. title shot. So Bobby has been killing it, man. And, and you know, and you know, because we were all complaining about uh, you know the how he had to do the thing with almost for a while, but he got through that really well, and now he and he's been killing this thing with Theory. Um, so he's won, and. Kevin Owens for you know this stuff with uh, Ezekiel, and uh, he's the sports entertainer of the week for me because I mean he hasn't really been wrestling much, but that whole thing Monday first with the um, Ezekiel and Elias you know sit down together, and then when you know and in the concert where Kevin Owens came in the ring and he was just fed up with everything and was just you know, um that was just just excellent work from him and he might be the only one there really who could pull this off um i think at this point either him or i think corbin could probably do it but there aren't a whole lot of people who could pull this off and he is nailing it he is knocking it out of the park and um lastly you know um we, we cannot we cannot forget the tribal chief who right Basically, I mean, and I'll get to this a little bit later, but um, he basically single-handedly, well, not single, but in one <laughs> night, in one night of television, um, he proved why he's in the position he's in. <laughs> I'll just put it that way. Yeah. Uh, all right. So I will give it to the op the other end of that equation, um, because there is not a wrestler alive whose theme song hits and it triggers my flight or fight or flight reflex, <laughs> except Brock Lesnar's. Um, especially, uh, specifically when he is in the opposite corner of the tribe, opposed to the tribal chief. Uh, so, cause we're doing that again. We're getting that, we're getting back on that merry-go-round because Vincent Kennedy McMahon loves to torment me. But I give it to Brock, seriously, give it to Brock Lesnar because there's there's no one in this industry who can do what he did. He just shows up and boom, we got a main event set. We're setting YouTube numbers. We're doing Twitter numbers. We're doing this. And I know we'll get to that in a minute. Um, but the guy, the guy is just the guy just prints money. And sorry, nerds. That's why they're doing it. All right, for me, uh, I'm gonna be. I'm gonna go with Rob. I've got uh, wrestler of the week, and actually, I had a tough call. And actually, Rob mentioning it got me to thinking. 
As I mentioned last week, sometimes I gauge what I'm watching based on the casual fan. Casual fan being my girlfriend, who doesn't really watch this shit, okay? Once in a while, something will catch her eye. And interestingly enough, the one thing that caught her eye was the Bobby Lashley Theory segment. You know, because she caught like the tail end of the pose down when Theory sprayed him with the oil. And so all of a sudden she stopped. Because usually I'm watching, she rolls her eyes and she breezes on and goes into the bedroom. This one, she stopped. I think part of it had to do with there was two incredibly good-looking muscle guys doing a pose down on my TV Rob- screen. Probably <laughs> didn't hurt. That, that, she's confirming it from the bedroom. That's exactly what it was. <laughs> I, I just got the confirmation from the bullpen that that's exactly why hey. she stopped to watch. <laughs> hey, Vincent, you know, Vincent Kennedy knows what he's doing, pal. He knows what he's doing. He knows what to put on TV, pal. But that's right. It, she stopped and she watched it and she actually got a little bit invested in it just, you know, because she wanted, again, Theory is doing a great job of being that prick that you want to see somebody kick his ass and she wants to see Bobby Lashley kick his ass just because it's great. Um, so that that was my runner-up. But my, my wrestler of the week is Matt Riddle. Uh, I Riddle had, and I know some people are going to argue, yeah, but he lost on Monday night to almost. That's not the point. That's not the point. He was telling a story left over from Friday night. He had an incredible match with Roman Reigns, got speared, got the soul speared out of him to finish the match was still selling the ribs on Monday and fought and made almost look good. Okay, let's 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 call that like it was. Went out there, made almost look good, got himself over. And again, Tina was invested. She's looking at him and he's just selling the beating, man. Like you look at Riddle, he's laying in the ring. He just looks pathetic. And you feel awful for the guy. And you're like, God, is he ever going to catch a break? And that's the that's what I look for sometimes when I'm watching is her reaction, because if I see her reaction, I'm like, that's real. You know, that's not somebody dialed into the Internet. That's not somebody who spends all day on Twitter. That's not somebody who thinks they know what they're looking at. That's somebody who's just watching it with their eyes and taking it in the way they're supposed to. So, you know, and aside from the fact that I thought Riddle had an incredible weekend, both Friday night and Monday night, watching it through her eyes, I was like, that's good. That's real good because there's probably tons of other people that watch there watch that the same way she did. Definitely, Rita Riddle's doing a hell of a job, man. And I gotta give him credit because he's been doing double duty. He has, um, yeah, since WrestleMania, right? Um, he's been and he's been working like Roman's been doing like promos and stuff. You know, he, he's done promo segments on both shows some weeks. Riddle has been wrestling matches on both shows. For yeah. several weeks, um, and you know, yeah, I mean, and you you got to give him credit for that. And so, yeah, you know, he he may end up having the most matches of any of everyone in the company this year, which he was pretty close to that last year. Um, so that look, that dude, he you know, he is like the workhorse of the entire company because. This year, he's been doing, like he's been doing double duty on TV, and you know he does the he's been doing the pay per views or enough of them, and he goes on the road some also. Um, yeah, he might look he might not go on the road more now since Randy's going to be out because you know Randy not going on the road much kind of kept him off of the road. 
But yeah, he's and he's been putting in just a lot of work, and you know he, he should get credit for that. One interesting thing of note, um, and this was one area where I think just about everybody on this show got it wrong with Riddle, was we had all kind of agreed that he might be kind of floundering and lost out there without somebody to play off of. Like, we enjoy the RK-Bro thing because they play off each other, and the general consensus of this show was he may struggle and flounder a little bit on his own. I, it, so far, he's proving us wrong. Yeah, no, we got we got to take the L on that. Yeah, one we do. We absolutely have to take the L, uh, and we will be the first person people to tell you that we'll take the L because um, he's doing a phenomenal job. I mean, Randy's still kind of around, you know, because he cuts promos. I love you, Randy, and all that stuff. So he's still kind of playing off that. But yeah, other than that, he's he's he has separated and he's doing his own thing. So and he so, he had he had a main event quality match. With Roman Reigns on Friday, yeah, that was that was a that was we got a freebie, guys. That was we a did. they that gave was a us that match Friday night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a free match that should have costed you whatever it costed for the Peacock. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So let's wind down here a little bit before we uh, before we call the go home spot. Let's talk a little bit about Roman Reigns um, because obviously he announced what about a month or so ago that. He was probably going to uh, lighten his load a little bit, not not be working as much. I don't remember yeah. the exact verbiage I, that he used. He did it at a house I, show. Yeah, he was like, "I might not be around here the next time you guys come come through, so I'm just trying to take it in, all that stuff." Right. Well, um, the internet. I also, I also think he might have been doing a little bit trying to sell the old "the big dog goes to Hollywood" kind of deal. Um, yeah. When he has no plan, no plans of moving. But right. Well, the thing is, the internet did what the internet does, and that's obvious. Oh, now he's got both titles. Now we're going to see him, never see him again. He's on the Brock Lesnar, you know, 2019 schedule where we see him once every four months. And the dude was literally, what'd you come up with, Rob? He was literally gone like three weeks, like off TV for three weeks. Yeah. And people acted like he's been gone for three months. Yes. Yeah. Um, By comparison, in 2014, Brock Lesnar worked Night of Champions, and then he didn't come back until January. Okay. Um, Night of Champions is in November. Yeah, it was, it was in September of 2015. Yeah, it was September that year. Oh, no! And he was, he, and, yeah, <laughs> it was even so, worse back then, Bubba. <laughs> so he, oh. he took the World Championship, and this was at the time where they only had the World Championship, so you did not have like the universal title or whatever, you know, on the other show, there was one world championship. He defended it in September. He went to the farm and did not come back until January. Okay. Man, was the internet hot during that four month period. And they didn't even mention him on TV, like to get heat or anything for him not being there. It's just like, Oh, well he ain't here. did Paul cut any segments occasionally or no, no, Paul wasn't no wow. Paul wasn't there either. Nope. You got That's nothing awesome. for one four months. You got nothing. Okay. Good for Brock. I, oh, I'm not mad. Hey, 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 hey. Hey. You get the schedule you can get. All right. Um, hey. I'm not mad at that at all. Um, no. But those of y'all who are equating being off of TV for three weeks and not working a couple of pay-per-views to being just ghost for four months, it's not remotely close to being the same thing. Nope. And 
um, it just isn't, and it's just stupid. And I mean, it just it's it's ridiculous. I, and I don't know, like, and and look at it like this. All right, him not working a couple of pay per views. You know what that means? Okay, if if he worked Hell in the Cell, if he was working Hell in the Cell last month or June fifth when it was, they probably would have told Cody just to take the night off. Probably. And yeah, and which means we wouldn't have gotten that performance, right? And you know yeah. now that we, and now that we know that Cody couldn't have hurt himself anymore <clears> by doing <throat> it, it you know it doesn't feel so bad now. Right. Um, but if Roman was there and Roman was working that night, they probably would have just called that off, and yeah, we wouldn't have gotten that performance. Okay, so he won't be at Money in the Bank. That means that you know what. Either one or both of the ladder matches get a few more minutes, and that's a few more minutes for somebody to to, to show off, right? To do to mm. do something big. Um, yeah. That okay? Look at it like that. That's um, and on you know, and you know, and for the past three weeks on television, people had opportunities to you know they they had opportunities to to make an impression in whatever it was they were doing. Well, and it's given Sami Zayn the opportunity to go out there and and keep doing what he was doing. It gives him opportunity. It gives Madcap Moss opportunity. When Roman Reigns isn't taking up a 15-minute promo segment at the beginning of the show and then, you know, probably 15 minutes at the end of the show, you free up 30 minutes, you can fit, you know, two matches in a segment in 30 minutes. And not only that, Roman not being there has led to opportunity for – Deputy Bloodline member Sami Zayn, which has been a hilarious and wonderful bit. Yes. And, so, so. Go ahead, Rob. I'm sorry. And so that's what you need to look at. It. Like, I mean, when, when he's not there, you know, that opens up the door for people to, I mean, which, which is what y'all say y'all want. I mean, so many of y'all say that you want other people to get chances to do this and to get time to do that. And, you know, and certain people hog up all the time and certain people hog up all the space and all the opportunity. And, you know, and then, okay, so those people aren't there. And now that gives somebody else a chance to do something. And like, you know, what, what Sammy has been doing has been really fun. And if you can't, you know, if you're so fixated on Roman not being there that you're missing what Sammy is doing, then, you know, that's on you. Um, or, you know, if you're, if you're so fixated on Roman not being there that you missed what, the whole Madcap Moss thing the couple, last couple of weeks. Okay, I mean... Well, that's and, it, Rob. It's yeah. that they're, unlike the when Brock Lesnar was on a milk carton when he's at points when he was Universal Champion and even WWE Champion before that, their depth is crazy right now. So just so for a couple of weeks when you take it, you take the top guy off. Well, you have to move everybody up, and everybody has been excelling in those positions. Yeah, and uh, but see, this is another one of my little theories. Here, some of these folks, like they they want to see people like Roman. They want them to be there, and they want them to be like in a secondary position, right? Right. It's not, you know, him not being there and somebody else getting a chance isn't enough. They want him subjugated. Right. Well, they say that, but then Friday night happens. Roman's Roman's there. 
Roman has a big match. What happens to the rating in the YouTube numbers? All right. So, yeah, nobody wants Roman. Roman shoved down our throats. Give somebody else a chance. Roman takes a month off, comes back, and what's he do? He pops a hot rating. What's yeah. he do? He pops YouTube numbers. Yes. Um, so, like, the, the part of the end where Brock came in there and, you know, ran out the whole bloodline, um, that has 5 million views already. Okay, and that's... <laughs> and just for context... If you do five million views for a TV segment in what's been like what four days, that is ridiculous. Okay, it, it is. Um, well, that's on top of the two point five million that watched it live. Right, and then and so it was five million for the Brock thing, and then the match itself, the little highlight clip for the match itself, is at two million. And right. again, that and that's on top of whoever watched it live on television. All right, because um, I think they did like 2.5 during the match on television. So nobody there is doing that. Nobody else there is doing that. Okay. See, it seems to me for all the people that are complaining about Roman being da- shoved down our throats, there's a hell of a lot of people that enjoy gagging on Roman Reigns. Yeah, and again. Hey, phrasing, nope. uh, f- phrasing, phrasing. Come yeah. on. Oh, sorry, sorry. Yeah. But again. Sorry. Nobody else there is coming remotely close to doing that. Okay, the only oh, I, the only other person who comes who is in that neighborhood is Brock Lesnar. Okay, which is why they're doing the match again. Okay, <laughs> because those yeah, I mean the two of them look both of them look they can get they can get two million views for a TV segment almost anybody all right uh, i mean every, pretty much oh, that, for this for this entire feud i will tell you that probably every single segment they have together is going to go over two million on youtube easy prob- probably because the ones they did leading into wrestlemania all did two three million okay um they had one in january that did six million views okay <laughs> it's at six million views now now think about this for a second okay a segment that was in January has six million views today. The segment they did Friday has five million views already. Yeah, right. five days later, six days later. So now, and this again, and this is after you know three months of feuding all the way to WrestleMania. This was after a WrestleMania match, okay, and so. They do it five million views after all of that. All right. And you know, this is you know, on a lesser scale, you know, as much as people dumped on the Charlotte Ronda thing. They did they had several two million view segments on the way to WrestleMania. And then almost a month after WrestleMania, they did like a one segment that did like two point six million views. So that's after three months of feuding, after a WrestleMania match. Okay, people were still coming back for that to watch it all right so when they do these things there is a reason okay because somebody out there likes it okay and somebody out there is willing to you know watch it on youtube either for the first time or in some cases people watch it on tv and they go back and watch it on youtube later because they like what they saw on tv so much okay that's why they push these things okay if you're wondering why are you doing you know (laughs) you know um like KO and Ezekiel have been doing this since the night after WrestleMania. 
it's been two and a half months. We're almost at three months now. And that's usually, you know, you don't get a, you, you know, you don't get that many things that go on for two and a half to three months now. And here we are. Um, I'm going to pull it up here now. Here we, here we are almost three months in the Kevin Owens and Elias. And they are doing almost three months in. They get they have two segments from the same show that got over a million views. The okay. beauty of that whole thing is they're still able to squeeze juice out of that. Like they did the whole lead up, they had the match a couple weeks ago, and definitively Kevin Owens won. Like Kevin Owens beat Ezekiel clean as a whistle. Yet here we are, three weeks later, <laughs> Ezekiel's still a pain in his ass. Kevin Owens is still slowly descending into madness. And and they just keep going with it, and that's that's the beauty of that segment, is that yeah. they should have definitively ended it with, or they could have, I should say, definitively ended it with Kevin Owens pinning him clean. Yeah. But they kept going with it, and it's just been brilliant. Well, because um, just at least from a traffic standpoint, nobody really cares about the match. They don't. They, I mean, it's I'm, the I'm, segments. I mean, numbers wise, I'm telling you, like the the matches they've had. Don't do hardly anything. Um, all of the talking segments that they've had with each other have almost all of them have done over a million views. They, I mean, and so that's what people are interested in with Owens and Elias slash Ezekiel. They're interested in the talking segments. That's what a real fun has been. They don't, and so you can keep that going. You just need to find yeah. a new angle. I mean, I mean, because again, people they don't care about the matches in in this case. I mean, you know, in some feuds people do care about the matches, but in this one they don't. And but again, they're two and a half months in, and they're still doing you know million view segments here, yeah. uh, and which is why they're still going. Um, again, and that's why they you know it, again that's why they they're doing Roman and Brock again. Why? Because it delivers. Okay. Yeah. And there's other stuff out there that doesn't. All right, and. And look, it's not a perfect one-to-one relationship between YouTube views and how they push people, but it's a really close correlate. You know, it's really close. It's an indicator. Yes, yeah. and and so that thing has been—I mean, it's been doing really well. In fact, right now on Raw, the two hottest things are the Kevin Owens thing with Ezekiel and the Bobby Lashley thing with Theory. Those are the two biggest things on Raw right now, as far as traffic numbers. And they're like way out ahead of everybody else. Um, so take that for what it's worth. Um, you know, um, and on SmackDown, I mean, SmackDown has actually been pretty cold for a few weeks now. But so this Roman thing completely blew the roof off of everything. Um, so that's why, that, again, that's why they put these people where they are. Um, there's a reason for it. I think all in all, man, what I've seen in WWE TV the last few weeks, it's been pretty hot. Like, like you know, we talked about the post-WrestleMania slump, you know, the doldrums right after WrestleMania, but I think they're slowly starting to pick things back up as we build up towards SummerSlam. You know, we get through May, uh, Money in the Bank. Uh, we'll have a, a good Money in the Bank pay-per-view, and then I think everything that they've been slowly building is going to start to really pick up steam right after that pay-per-view. And, you know, we're going to be two, uh, two weeks outside of, of uh, SummerSlam, and we're going to be talking about a hot card. A lot of really good stuff going in there. I expect some type of culmination with the Sami Zayn bloodline stuff. 
I expect something with Ezekiel and Kevin Owens, wherever they're going with that. If they introduce a third, you know, a third brother, uh, Elliot or whatever, I, I think it'll be hilarious. Whatever oh, yeah. they end up doing there, that'll be your your sports entertainment segment. It just there's so much fun stuff to look forward to between now and you know the end of July. And I'm glad I'm going to be a part of it, man. Going to the to the live SummerSlam or to the live uh, SmackDown uh, two weeks prior to. I'm man, I'm I'm looking forward to it. I'm excited. Yeah, everything's kind of just turning turning that corner. You know that we 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 see it every year. Uh, yeah, around the around the build to Money in the Bank, things are like okay, we're everyone's slotting into their positions and we're going to get going for the year. And you can see that now. Um, and it's it's going to be fun, man. Yeah. yeah. Now, I do think um, this year, this is kind of shaping, this Money in the Bank is kind of shaping up to be just kind of a show to get through, because unfortunately, Rhea Ripley's not going to, you know, she's not medically cleared, so she won't be doing the match with Bianca. Um, And, you know, there's some rumors that it might be, she might, it might be a concussion thing, but nobody's verified that. Um. So uh, I think let's just wait and, uh, wait and yeah. see on that then. Yeah, yeah, there's no point. Yeah, but um, but yeah, I think I mean just once we get through this, um, then we're gonna be on the road to SummerSlam. And look, things are like you said, things are already picking up already. Um, they started picking up like after Hell in a Cell because you know between Backlash and Hell in a Cell, they it, it did things definitely did kind of really cool off. Uh, but um, after Hell in a Cell, they started to pick back up. And so I think you know, once we get going towards SummerSlam, it's going to pick back up some more. And of course, between now and SummerSlam, will be the return of the 13-time Women's Champion. Oh, I got it in there, Jason. Yeah, he, did. he did it, but, but he did it again. He's right. Every this time it was really forced because I feel like it is topical. Because yes, as hot as what we're doing with the women right now. You got Becky, you got Bianca, you got all this going on, you know, and then you're going to add the queen into the mix, you know, closer to summer. And man, in in black ink on the card, you already have Roman Reigns versus Brock Lesnar for the undisputed WWE Universal Championship in a last man standing match. That's all. And you end by then. You are going to have two Money in the Bank briefcase holders probably roaming around. So already we are set for a good summer, pals. That's something that wrestling fans need to like. Modern wrestling fans need to learn the phrase, let it breathe. We had an absolutely incredible, incredible two-night WrestleMania this year. There was so much good stuff happened. And then we flowed right into an incredible WrestleMania backlash. Like and and yeah. some of the rematches on Backlash were better than the WrestleMania matches, so we got back to back pay per view premium live events, premium live <laughs> events. Got to get with the times. That, Come on, it's 2022. We don't do pay per views anymore. Premium live events. Yes. Let, nope. let it roll off the tongue. Premium live events. I can nope. say it now. Um, but um, we got two back to back. Yeah, there's a there's a doldrum, there's a slump, but we're letting it breathe. We're letting everything that we we got fed, we got fed back to back months. Digest it, enjoy it, savor it, take a deep breath. Because by the time we get to SummerSlam, we are going to be doing this again. 
Also, let the talent breathe a little bit, man. That too. That too. Yeah. Let them creatively reset and reshape themselves. Exactly. We go through some simplistic feuds and some stupid hokey stuff on the after WrestleMania and this little doldrum. Because they're all out of ideas too, guys. Yeah. They blew the yeah. wad between WrestleMania and Backlash. Yeah. Exactly. exactly. So just... Let the let them breathe. Let them, and we're gonna be right back cooking by the time we get the money in the bank. So, yeah. All right. So before we call the go home spot here, I want to do one last thing. I want to congratulate Big E. Posted a video earlier today. He's officially got the neck brace off. That is awesome to see. Looks like he's got pretty good range. He was over there doing some stuff with his neck, and he was jerking around, looking pretty healthy, looking pretty happy. Uh, Big E, we're rooting for you, big guy. Uh, you'll probably never hear this, but I, we're rooting for you big time on the Mindless Wrestling Podcast. Don't push it. Don't force it. Nope. Let your body do its thing. I know if you're if the doctors are even telling you that, yes, at some point you'll be able to get back in the ring, I know you're probably salivating to get back there. Brother, we're going to be here. That wrestling thing will be here. Let your body do what it needs to do naturally. Biggie, we will be here for you when you come back, brother. Amen. Yeah. Amen to that. You know, take as much time as you need, sir. Get that stuff right so that when you come back, we don't got to worry. We can just scream our little faces off and really get excited for you. All right. Well, I think we can call the go-home spot right there. Been an awesome show tonight, guys. Had a really good time. Yeah, man. So yeah, I am going to go time. around go around the room here. Thank my thank my co-host, Bucky's tag team partner, Jason. Jason, always a pleasure, sir. The pleasure is mine, friends. All right. And from the Rob the Genius podcast, the Minister of Truth, Mr. Rob, sir, always, always a good time. Always a pleasure, sir. All right. And I am DJ. I'm your host, as always. Remember, you can call it pro wrestling. You can call it sports entertainment. You can call it whatever you want, but call it in the ring. And we'll see you next week. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done.